Hey, it's Avishak, and you're listening to the Stop Being Confused About Health podcast, where our goal is to discover the deepest truths about health, bust myths, connect to nature, and figure out what kind of ice cream we're allowed to eat. So I hope your curiosity is as strong as my sweet tooth, because there are a ton of questions to be asking. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Dr. Michael Mew is an orthodontist, but he's not the type of orthodontist that puts braces in your mouth. Instead, he's developed a series of unique facial and tongue muscle exercises and facial posture techniques to not only alter the structure of your face to make it more functional, but also improve your health, improve your breathing, improve your concentration. He implements these techniques not only in adults, but also in children, mostly in children at, at his practice in the United Kingdom, where he sees improvements in not only facial aesthetics and symmetry, but most importantly, the, the function of the face at a young age. And he differs drastically from other orthodontists in his ways of thinking. He's an extremely interesting character and has a lot of things to say, which you probably haven't heard of before. So I'm extremely grateful he's been able to join us today on the podcast. So thank you so much, Dr. Michael Mew, for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed for having me. I, I should point out, well, I do use braces. I tend to use the braces that come in and out of the mouth. I don't tend to use the ones fixed onto teeth. But my, uh, my phrase is the best brace is your tongue. You've got one, use it. Why don't we start with that, actually? So I've been incorporating your techniques for about three weeks now. And my tongue has actually now naturally rests on the back of the, on the roof of my mouth. So the, the soft palate. So for people who don't really understand this anatomy, could you explain where is the tongue supposed to be in your mouth? Why is that? Why is that so crucial? Well, the, the feeling surface of your tongue. So the bit you can actually feel should rest on the roof of your mouth. So, in a way so that you don't actually feel the teeth. Clearly your tongue should fill the entire space, the oral cavity. So in effect, your tongue's touching the bottom teeth, it's touching the lower front teeth, it's touching everywhere. But that's not so much the, the feeling surface, the highly proprioceptive element of your tongue should only be on the, on the, on the palate, there's the, the roof of your mouth. Now, the important thing is most people, when they think of their tongue, only think of the tip of their tongue. And really the most important element of the tongue is the back third of your tongue. In part, I think that that's where the power is, but also that back third is, it, it embryologically comes from the sort of subconscious section of your, your development. You know, you don't think about working your heart. You don't think about controlling your blood pressure. This goes on subconsciously. Now, if you can engage subconscious elements, then it's going to stay there. And you then don't have to think about it. It just goes on naturally. And the, the idea is that the position of the tongue is a, a huge influence on facial development. How is that? Well, actually, let's back up. So proprioception has to do with 
balance and and movement right what, what do you mean by the proprio uh well the proprioception is to feel and respond and so what uh the back of the tongue is proprioceptive yeah you should be able to feel where it is and if it's not in the right place respond right right so you so, know the classic example of proprioception is to put your hand into a bag of letters and be able to identify which letters they are without seeing them and your tongue is an expert at doing this. If you take the sort of letters out off the fridge, the magnetic letters, and they're not too dirty, you put them in your tongue, you should, should be able to identify what those letters are by moving your tongue around. So it's a, a spatial awareness as well. So you need that spatial awareness from your tongue on the roof of the mouth to so you know where your tongue is, you can feel where it is, and then respond. So put your tongue up on the roof of your mouth. Why is it that we have to think about these things? Because obviously this is supposed to be a natural yeah. thing. Why is people's tongues not in the right spot? Well, if you get a blocked nose, you get two options. One, continue to hold your tongue on the roof of the mouth and die. And the other is you drop your tongue off the roof of your mouth. You separate your lips and you open your mouth. And, well, you know, a lot has been written about mouth breathing. My concern is that after you stop mouth breathing, this can continue as a habit and you then have an open mouth posture. Now, if you hang your mouth open all the time and you have weak chewing muscles, then your face can lengthen. If you see someone who's had a stroke at any time in their life, that's a really good example because it, it classically demonstrates that these type of things can affect adults as well. At any age, you, know, you can have a stroke at 80 years old and it will affect your facial form. And remember, stroke is only some of the neural innovation of your face. I've seen some people have had road traffic accidents, RTAs, where they've lost all of the nerves on one side of their face. And that face, or that side of the face, drops like a stone. It drops quickly it drops predictably, and it drops in everyone who has that. So here we can clearly see the shape of your face is massively dictated by what you do with it, the environment, how you are. I think the reason we don't change it is we're creatures of habit. So I have a lot to ask you about that. Before we get there, let's back up a little bit. How did you start to, to develop these ideas? Because they're they're so unique. And if you guys haven't visited Dr. Mew's YouTube channel, which is Orthotropics, you'll see in the comments tons of people talking about how they're noticing improvements in their facial structure and health. How did you discover uh, these topics? I believe you said you kind of inherited them from your <laughs> Yeah, I think I, I, there's so uh, let, let's let's back up a little here. So my father can remember the spot in the road where his grandfather introduced him to Western Price. Now, that was when my grandfather, well, sorry, my father was at school. Um, so we're talking pre or, yeah, it must be pre-war, pre-World War II. So we're talking a long time ago. And my grandfather had was my grandpa was it was a lovely chap it wasn't as um 
you know, he, he went down the pub every evening, smoked, he, you know, took life easy, he enjoyed life. He didn't really go out there and try and change the world as my father and I have tried to do. He was interested in these concepts. He introduced my father to the concept. Western Price was seemed on the ball at the time. I clearly have, you know, I, I don't necessarily think he was totally wrong, but I think there was more to it than Western Price is saying. And my father then, he got into orthodontics. He then, a, a few key events also occurred. I don't think any one thing ever changes you. You need a few things to occur. And he set upon this path of trying to change facial form to straighten teeth, rather than accepting facial form and just straightening the teeth. He started this probably in the 50s, 60s. I, but by the, I was born in, what, 69, and I was just one an, another experimental animal. And I think he was getting better with me than he was with my brother. And I guess I was learning. I, as, as, as My father was passionate about this. As much as he had a desk in the house where I grew up, he would always be on the kitchen table. He wanted to be where, where it was, and he would have everything spread out on the kitchen table. And he'd be, you know, experimenting. He once did this thing. I think he, he bought a uh, hundred mackerel heads and looked to see if any of the mackerel heads had crooked teeth. Now, I mean, apart from the smell in the kitchen of all these old mackerel heads, it, it was interesting. You know, Daddy, what are you doing now? Oh, well, I've got a hundred macro heads and I'm going to see if any of them have got crooked teeth. Ah, why are you doing that? And you can understand that as soon as I learned to talk, I was discussing things with my father. I mean, we had a great family. I had a great family upbringing where we were encouraged to engage, to discuss things. There was an answer for everything. One of my grandfather's quote is, there is a reason for everything. And we set out to find it. Wow, that's that's fascinating. So the tongue, back to the tongue, it proper facial posture, as you call it, which pretty much denotes well, the way. One, one thing, one to interject here. One thing my father noticed that my grandfather was injured in the war. He had a plate put in his leg, and this was the time before antibiotics. He smoked, he enjoyed going down the pub, and I never met him. None of those things are particularly good for your health. And he had a heart attack, he was overweight, he had a heart attack and died relatively quickly. So my father was at that moment in time when he was ready to settle down. He bought my grandfather's practice of my grandmother and started practicing. And he noticed that my grandfather had been doing expansion. This is where you expand the upper dental arch with a removable appliance. And my father had been taught that this didn't work. It was nonsense. You shouldn't bother doing it. He looks at my grandfather's results and my grandfather had kept quite good records. And he looked, he, he saw the patients. He got out the records of the patients. And he noticed that one of three things would occur after the expansion. Either they would relapse partly or totally. Either they would remain the same 
or some of them, and this was the minority, got wider. Now, why? What could be making their arches wider? And he assumed, or his premise was, that it was the tongue. You made space for the tongue. The child then decided to place the tongue in the roof of the mouth, and that would then encourage further development. And I think he was impressed with the, the overall changes that were occurring in those individuals. It wasn't just the expansion was um, stable or it increased. I mean, there, there was more going on that he observed. How does, what are some of those other things that, that he observed? So breathing, I know that's, that's an issue. Well, this is this here we get on the concept of an upswing or a downswing in facial form so what i'm i say if you've got good masticatory muscle tone so you've got strong jaw chewing muscles chewing muscles and of course remember modern food today is not you, you don't have to work very hard to gain your calories i think it's estimated that many people in a modern society could gain all the calories not nutrition but the calories they need purely from their diet, sorry, purely from the drinks that they consume. Yeah. Now, that means no masticatory effort. So if a masticatory effort, when you look at those strokes, we know the muscles are important because people, when they get nerve damage, we know that's important. So clearly, masticatory involvement is important for the form of the face. And we know that the tongue on the roof of the mouth is also important for the form of the face. I look back at one of those classic experiments done by Harvold in, I think he was in California at the time when he took monkeys and placed an uncomfortable wedge of plastic on the roof of their mouth. That's all it was, it was sutured in place, no more. They couldn't put the tongue on the roof of the mouth. And all of the experimental monkeys got severe skeletal and dental change. So we're not just talking a little bit of change, we're talking huge gross change, whereas the non-experimental monkeys develop perfectly. I mean, when you, when you look at most, anim, most mammals in a natural environment, their teeth meet absolutely perfectly, as did our ancestors, all our ancestors. Well, apart from the few who had a pathology, you know, disease and such. So clearly the, these seem to be the two most important factors in controlling the overall shape of the face. I mean, how you rest your tongue and swallow seems to affect the, the, the dentition and the area under your cheeks and lips. But it, it's these two factors that what I refer to the muscle effect and the mandibulolingual posture and function seem to have a huge effect on how faces develop. Now, if your face, if these, if these factors are working in your favor and you upswing, as we call it, then your face is the right shape. It, it looks good. It looks just like all of those skulls you see in museums from many thousand years ago. However, if you, if you hang your mouth open and you leave, you, you have weak muscle or a low muscle effect, then your face lengthens. And a face that's not the right shape doesn't work very well. And, you know, 
it, this is a progressive event that seems to have occurred. It seems if you go back about a thousand years ago, people, I wouldn't say their teeth were perfect. I wouldn't say their teeth were perfectly straight. But by and large, everyone, bar about 10%, because now we've got people with diseases and pathology, we've also got that aristocracy that is living in the land of milk and honey who are being affected. That group was affected right the way back to Egyptian times. So even in the in the Roman Empire, you'll see these busts of people with the nobility whose faces were downswung. But the general people in the street, the general average Joe, would have good facial development. So back about a thousand years ago, most people had all of their teeth present in reasonable alignment with reasonable occlusion from birth till death. And they weren't as good as you go back to see our hunter-gathering ancestors, but we don't have many skulls of our hunter-gatherer ancestors. And it seems we have this gentle decline that seems to ramp up around, in Britain, it ramps up in around the sort of 1600s and then the Industrial Revolution in, in increasing speed in the last 100 to 50 years. There's an exponential increase. When you, are, when you talk to people's grandparents, most of them don't remember few or few, if anyone, having their teeth straightened or needing to have their teeth straightened. But the alignment of the teeth seems only one issue here. When, when I was at university, no one mentioned sleep apnea. I went through my entire dental qualification, and we'd, we learned a lot of medicine without ever hearing about sleep apnea, except in uh, cardiac failure, which is completely different. Now, sleep apnea is a huge topic. Now, either people are recognizing it better, or we've had some epidemic increase. Seems that we've had an epidemic, epidemic increase in nasal allergies. Seems that the food's got a lot softer as we introduce more easy calories that don't need chewing. Every spoonful of sugar in your food means your muscles have to work considerably less to gain your calorific need. So, so, you, I, believe, um, so you believe that, the, say, the village people um, versus the aristocracy, mm. they were chewing more food. And that led to greater muscle development of the facial muscles and naturally the proper position of the tongue on the on the back of the roof of the mouth. And well, we can't infer the tongue position, but I mean, Coracini's done some good research in the Punjab area where he looked at um, the wealthy third, the middle income third and the lowest income third. Interestingly, the wealthy and middle income third were approximately the same, but it was the lower income third who had notably straighter teeth. And I, you know, talking to him, better facial development. Wow. So, so you've developed a variety of techniques and they're all, they're all, all in, on your YouTube channel. So I'll include a few of those videos that have helped me understand this in, in the, in the notes. You have this 
chewing exercise called mewing. What? <laughs> well, what I did. That? I did. Uh, hands up. I didn't name this. This it just got. It just this term evolved. <laughs> okay. So so what what is that? Well, it's these are about. These are just lots. There's no one way to learn anything. If you want to get good at English, if you want to get good at maths, try a lot of different books. Try a lot of different techniques. That's going to be your best way. I've even I've come up with lots of different approaches. But what I'm trying to do is trying to get people to make a vacuum hold where they place their tongue on the roof of the mouth and make lots of little swallows. So they're constantly just evacuating their mouth because it's very hard to remember to keep your lips closed, your tongue on the roof of the mouth. But if you do lots of little micro swallows, if you're constantly keeping a vacuum, the vacuum will keep your lips closed. The vacuum will keep your tongue on the roof of the mouth. And, and that's the basis behind it. And you've got to really empty out your salivary glands. And this isn't something you do for five minutes, but after about 10 minutes, you suddenly find your saliva gets thicker and it just helps glue everything together. And you can then maintain it for, well, hopefully all night is a good thing. So mewing essentially is a practice of making, creating this vacuum through practicing yeah. swallowing. Yeah, yeah, and getting, getting, you know, I often tell people to start with a high force. So you're pushing really hard with your tongue, making certain that your teeth don't quite touch. Then you heat, hold that for a while, doing a few swallows, and at the swallow point, you probably need to take the pressure off your, um, uh, take the, the, the weight off pushing the tongue. You, but you maintain that for a bit, then you halve the force, you halve the force, halve the force, halve the force, halve the force, and your teeth should only be ever be touching with a light butterfly bite. You know, you won't want to be clenching. And, you know, it, it's very effective. And then you try and put that together with general body posture, as I've described with the abs walk, so that you can, and it, if you start doing this, it feels good, you know, even, you know, this is something I do myself. I've been working on hard. I don't know if it's going to have much of an effect on me. I normally say you to really get an effect sort of in the maxilla under the eyes. You've really got to be under 25 to really get that. I mean, you can. And I'm I'm nigh on doubling that. So I don't know if I'm going to get much change in my maxilla now. But I think my my my. My partner, my wife, tells me I look better than I did 10 years ago. Maybe she's biased. Right. And so that's what I was actually just going to ask you about that. Do you feel like the the better facial structure she and perhaps others may have noticed is due to just greater development of, of these muscles here, the chewing muscles? Well, this is, it. This is the, the, the balance, you see. We can, it is relatively easy to take some gum and give yourself better jaw definition. That, that's, that, that's not going to surprise many people that you can do that. You chew hard, you're going to get better jaw definition. What seems difficult is getting this mid-face. And that, to me, is vital. That, to me, is where, where orthodontists just aren't even looking at attempting. There's no attempt to change the mid-face development. And to me, the, the mandible, the jaw, is a complete slave to the maxilla. Everything's about the maxilla. So I say it's the maxilla in it. And if you can get that maxilla up and forward, the mandible just follows. 
And if you want to get, you know, I think that we, we, we've got, you know, we have a, a specialization called ENT, which in the US is, um, if I get it right, autolaryngology, something like that. Anyway, I think all of the types of problems, the ENT problems, I believe, are due to incorrect architecture of the facial form. Hmm. And I believe we're all designed to fulfill a full genetic potential where we get good facial development. And gaining full get facial development will gain you good health. So, you know, it, it's it, these terms, health and beauty, are interchangeable. You know, they're synonymous. I think we're hardwired to be attracted to healthy people. I agree. And to sort of back up, the ENT thing stands for, uh, I believe, ears, nose, and throat. Yes, ENT, um, sorry. It stands and, for ear, nose, and throat. And there's also H-E-E-N-T, head, eyes, ears, nose, throat. That's the a whole, new one to me. Okay, yeah, they might have lumped it together. Um, so the whole idea is you're suggesting is good facial development could fix or prevent, rather, many of the the issues ENT doctors I, I it depends when you start, you know, as I said, some considerably below 25, I think you've got a chance of fixing them. Over 25, you might struggle. And if you're down at sort of two, three, four years old, you're going to prevent them. And then that's what I want to do. I mean, I, I, I'm not here to, to promote anything, but we're launching a campaign. We have launched a campaign at preventcrookedteeth.com. Or dot org, God, I think it's dot com now. Anyway, we'll put it on the bottom. We're, I want people to sign a petition because if we're going to teach kids to brush their teeth, why aren't we telling them to breathe through their nose, chew with the mouth closed, sit up straight, particularly when they're eating? Um, you know, stand up straight, shut your mouth. This is not a new idea. So one thing you've said repeatedly on your on your channel is lips together, teeth together, and then tongue on the roof of your mouth. So and this is the tropic premise as defined by my father. And this is premise is growth. So um, or tropos is growth. So this is if you want good facial development, you should have your lips together, teeth together, tongue on the roof of your mouth. It makes a good little rhyme. When I mean teeth together, they should be together in butterfly bite. A lot of people worry that if you're going to ask people to put their teeth together, they'll start clenching. And really, that's not it. They're not going to. If you've got your tongue on the roof of the mouth, it's the natural antagonist to your jaw closing muscles. If you put your teeth together and the tongue isn't on the roof of your mouth, yeah, you could easily start clenching and bruxing and all the problems associated with it mm. because you're lacking part of the antagonistic. The, the, the part of the system that should go together. So for the past few weeks, uh, I've been uh, incorporating some of these things. And I've noticed that at night, I was actually sleeping with my mouth closed, but the tongue not on the roof of my mouth. So my mouth was more open with my lips together. And now I noticed that the, the back of my tongue through doing some of the gum, gum chewing exercises, which I'll, I'll have in the notes, the tongue is on the roof of the mouth, and now the air is, I feel like it's definitely flowing more 
more smoothly. Whereas if I bring, if I close my mouth and keep my tongue, only the tip of my tongue on the front of the roof of my mouth, there's some air coming in. And I don't think I noticed that before. Um, is, is that common? Yeah. I mean, with practice makes perfect. I mean, you know, it, it, it takes time to um, gain these changes. And what you're saying, I hear so many times, or, you know, you look at the comments on my internet about, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it's it kind of blown me away. I wasn't expecting to get this type of following. I, I should have thought about it. I clearly thought that it was going to help spread the word, but mainly to mothers of children who would say that makes sense. I should consider orthotropics for my child. <clears throat> I, I didn't think you would have people actively trying to change their facial form, this sort of 18 to 30 year old group. But I, sh I should have thought about that it, because it's perfect piece of sense. I've, I did it. Um, in fact, I remember at about 28 getting, uh, I was a dentist at the time. Uh, I got a friend of mine to stick a little bit of a filling material behind my upper front tooth, just to remind me. You know, it's, it's all this thing. It's easy to do good posture. It's very difficult to remember to do good posture. I think function, you know, function, you can go down the gym. That's something that you do. Posture is you, it's who you are. And changing posture is hard work. It's changing you. And to change yourself, it takes, well, clearly function and posture are integrated. There's no way you can change. Um, it's very hard to change posture on its own. And, and one good way to access posture is by changing function. Of course, another good way to um, access or change posture is by changing structure. And a lot of what I'm saying just is not going to work for people who have a significantly reduced uh, tongue volume they're going to struggle and i think they they could risk getting a, a problems where they spend you know a couple of hours really pushing hard in one direction and then they naturally head south in the other direction when they're not thinking about it and this dichotomy this sort of difference i don't think that would be good for you if i don't know i mean i can only i only really know where my tongue is I only really know that some of the time. Um. Yeah, structure and function are are intimately related. In fact, mm. I think most anatomy classes now they just call it structure and function classes. Um, so Good. things are coming on in the world. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so chewing, chewing. So you disagree with Weston A. Price a little bit or or a lot? I'm not sure. You think well, it's I, 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 with the Weston A. Price? I've simply said I, I've got to present myself as a doctor. I've got to present myself as evidence-based. And if someone can come and provide me with some good, hard evidence of any dietary influence, so the constituents of the diet that have an influence, I, I'd be absolutely, I'd be overall, if I could give my patients dietary advice and it would work, it would help me enormously. And I'm, 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 I'm my, my, one of my oaths is to turn on a decimal point. 
If you can show me the evidence, you give me a statistical significance that's relevant, and I will turn. I will turn that day as well as soon as I humanly can. The number of times I've thrown out a technique, a piece of equipment that I've spent so long, so many man hours developing, and I've had to put it in the bin. I now know why people don't change. They want to change. And then what do you do with the next patients who are walking in and saying, well, well, why did he have that? Why he's got this and I had that? And I said, well, I realized I could do better. And that means I didn't do as well on you. So if the Western A Price people could come forward with some good crunchy evidence, I'd, I would eat it that day. I would be fascinated with it. And I've asked for this. But clearly, I will put up my concerns with the evidence they have. And I think <clears throat> the Western A Price was, you know, he was influenced by Melon B and others. You know, they found out vitamin C more accidentally. Melon B had found out vitamin D. Vitamins were all the rage. And it seemed logical to Western A. Price that they would have some influence. Um, but mm. he was talking about a change in the food. And, of course, he chose to focus on the constituents of the food. He didn't look at the consistency of the food. Now, if you didn't look at the consistency of the food, you can't turn around and say that it's not important. Particularly when we know the influence of muscles on bone. You know, it, it's, yeah, it's yeah. clear and obvious. So for, yeah, for a little context. Lose it or for, lose it. Yeah, for a little context for listeners, I you had a great slide in one of your talks about how vitamin A deficiency and vitamin D deficiency, which are some of the two very important nutrients along with K that Weston A. Price uh, talks about, fail to produce uh, the, the skeletal changes in, in facial structure. So I think your thinking there was, these vitamins may have been overblown in, in facial structure. Um, so yeah, if I find evidence, I will share that with you. Yeah, um, I do. I mean, I, I would, I would love to, um, include the Western price group because they've got a lot of very loyal fans <coughs> and I worry I alienate them with my views. Yeah. I think all but, I can tell you at the moment, all I can provide is I, the, the, the diet changes can't really affect your current state but they they affect the next generation so the idea is the children born from from parents who were on these ancestral diets they have the proper facial form but their children if if they're on a more modernized western diet the the, the face face starts to change um but yeah once again consistency and constituents that that's a yeah, That's and it. I, it worries me because I've been contacted by people who say that they absolutely followed the Western price to the letter, preconception, and their children are now facing surgery. Wow. And so, you know, I, I just, that, that you know, I'm, I, I'm not here to diss anyone. I'm not going to say anything, but I'm just saying, you know, let's, let's just think about it. Let's discuss these issues. Or so I'm open for discussion at any time with anyone, anywhere. By surgery, you mean like surgery? surgery. I would love. I want discussion. I want to bring forward discussion. Right, right. Of course. And so my my question was to, for the surgeries you're talking about. People have reported to you. Do they mean like facial surgeries? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I mean, well. not a lot, but I'm a lot saying they need teeth taken out. Oh, interesting. We should have all thirty-two teeth in our mouth. If you know, my my fingers fit on my hands. My legs are the same length. All my bits fit together. Why 
have we got more teeth than we can fit in our mouths? You should have all 30 tooth. If you don't, 32, you don't have 32 teeth in your mouth, something's wrong. Something's very uh, yeah. wrong with structure. And if you believe structure and function go together, what's that saying about function? It says that we are are missing out on on a lot of a lot of functionality and you know, not reaching our full potential. Yeah, and you know, it, it's it, I estimate I went to a conference in the U.S. actually, so it was a lot of breathing people were there, and I said that I felt that if you had sleep apnea, so I said I estimated that ten percent of the population at sixty years old were going to die 10 years early because of sleep apnea and its mm. consequences. And everyone to a T looked at me and said, oh, Mike, I think that's a bit conservative. Wow. Now, if you go and Google 1980s beach, or better, Google 1960s beach, and look at the facial forms, Generally, these guys are fit, slim, with good facial form. Now, if that group, if that cohort are going to die 10 years early from sleep apnea and its consequences, what the hell is going to go on to our children now? And I, I, wow. I totally think this is preventable. And what's more, well, you know, the, the prevention I'm talking about. One of the mainstay exercises that I recommend for children is the mealtime exercise. And it's a super secret exercise no one's ever heard of. Sit up straight, elbows off the table, eat with your mouth shut, chew your food properly. Now, I know grandmothers who used to say chew your food 32 times because you've got 32 teeth. Maybe not 32 times is necessary. But I see food going by with two chunks of two bites of that because you don't need to chew it. Then I make kids sit up uber straight and over straighten following a version of the Mackenzie chin tuck that my sister worked on and then swallow. And if you do, if you bring kids up with some chewing resistance training, hard food, and that mealtime exercise that's not new. I, I think I, what you certainly have in in common with us from a price is, is that there's this traditional knowledge that yeah. perhaps is being lost about, about facial form. And this I, is I, I, do, I believe in good quality food. I think I I'm, I I I I I kind of follow a Western A price diet. I'm totally in you know, I'm a believer in so much of it. I would just like to see a little bit of science that that element of it has foundation. And if I see something that I don't think has foundation, I'm going to say it. I'm not going to sit on the fence. That's not me. I want Ab answers. Absolutely. I want the truth. And I want absolutely. The I want the best for people. I want to make the world a better place. Is that sort of a weird thing as a doctor? No, not at all. I think that should be the standard. And it's 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 great to to see how passionate you are about this. And I, we have learned a lot on this podcast. Um, I, I truly want to thank you. I think we could talk for much yeah, longer. I, I think we could talk I mean, for my, much my, longer. My closing comment is it's got to be prevention. We've got to prevent this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not a new idea.
lips together, teeth together, tongue on the roof of your mouth. And touch food. You know, get food. Just one of the things, it's difficult to change or remind your children that all the time. But simply giving them tough food, well, they've got to eat. Give them half food. There's lots of great tasting tough food out there. We're going to include, I'm going to include a lot of your YouTube videos in the notes here because yeah, there's, well, there's a lot of content. Thank you very much. And anyone listening, listen, I've got a petition out. We sign a petition. Get involved. Get involved yourself. Get involved your children. Change. We need change. The truth. What was what that, that website again? Um, uh, preventcrookedteeth.com. Preventcrookedteeth.com. Thank you so much, Dr. Michael Mew, for joining me today. And uh, I will talk to you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Cool. Thank you very much indeed.